it's not my strategy. It's not my board strategy. It's not my team strategy. It, it's all of our strategy. And that's a really powerful thing when you're trying to run a thousand member organization with a really diverse membership base. Hi, I'm Belded Mankus. Welcome to The Purposeful Strategist. The podcast that shifts the conversation about purpose and strategy from what organizations should do to what business leaders are doing and what they've learned along the way. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Graham Vidler, Chief Executive Officer of the Confederation of Passenger Transport UK. The Confederation of Passenger Transport UK, or CPT, is the trade body for the bus and coach industries in the United Kingdom. Graham will share with us the benefits of taking a more inclusive approach to developing their strategy and how they found the right balance for CPT's purpose between, on the one hand, being just about what they do, and on the other hand, focusing only on the social benefits that flow from that. So, Graham, welcome to The Purposeful Strategist. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Maybe just to get things going, you could tell us a bit about yourself and about CPT. Yes. Hi, Belden. Good to uh, be here with you. My name is Graham Vidler. I'm Chief Executive of CPT. CPT is short for Confederation of Passenger Transport. We're the trade body for the bus and coach industry in the UK. I've been Chief Executive here for just over two years now. A time, obviously, that's been dominated like everybody else's life by dealing with the pandemic. Prior to working here, I've worked for a couple of other trade associations in the past in the financial services sector. I've also worked for a major insurer. I've worked in the House of Commons and I've worked for the consumer magazine, which as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe you could tell us just a bit about the purpose of CPT as you see it and how you went about developing it or identifying it or whatever way you describe how you came to that. Sort of share a bit who was involved, what they do, how long did it take? So like I suspect many organizations and many trade associations, the the organization that I inherited two years ago didn't really have a purpose, or if it did have a purpose, the purpose was implicit and unstated and therefore probably conceived differently in different people's heads. So in a sense, we're a trade association and we therefore represent our members, don't we? And and that is the, the basic bog standard purpose of a trade association, if you like. But for me, there was a question about, are we more than that? Could we be more than that? Because we represent an industry, the the bus and coach industry, which is absolutely chock full of social purpose and social value. If you think of all of the things that the bus and coach industry does to improve the environment, to improve people's accessibility to get people to work and training and education and to boost the economy. It felt to me like the organization that represents those wonderful industries might have something more in its purpose than simply being the voice of those industries. So I've embarked on a process with my board and and with my members more widely, as well as my team, to really look at what is our purpose as an organization and where could we be to help with that we've been looking at the purposes of some other trade associations just looking at the the sort of ecosystem around us 
And I found it really instructive to think about those purposes sitting on a spectrum from, uh, at the one end, of a very straightforward voice of the industry through to, uh, at the other end, a, a purpose that doesn't mention the industry at all and just talks about the social benefits that members of that association produce. And, and there are plenty of examples of organisations at both ends of the spectrum. So trade associations who say, we are the voice of the widgets industry. And, and that's it. It stops there. Um, but there are also other organisations at the other end of the spectrum who say, you know, we make the world a better place through our widgets. And, they, and you've got organisations who are in the middle as well. So CBI are probably a good example of a, a, an organisation that's in the middle of that spectrum. They talk about uh, working to help business create prosperity for all. So they're clear about their stakeholders, but they're also clear about the outcome they're trying to help their stakeholders deliver. So the conversation that I had with my board was really, where do we want to sit on that spectrum? And do we want to confine ourselves to being a voice? You know, that's simple, straightforward, but that might be a little bit restrictive. Do we want to just speak to our social purpose? But we need to be really, really clear that that's all we want to do if we end up in, in that space. And that was a really rich conversation with our board that played out over two or three board meetings with the conclusion that we want to be somewhere in the middle. You can't forget who you're here to represent as a trade association. But equally, this industry does do a lot for society. We do have a social purpose. Let's talk about it and, and let's make it part of CPT's purpose for being. So, you know, that's been a, a really rich process building in terms of kind of highlighting some of those questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just along that journey, were there any kind of bumps or it was a sort of lay out the spectrum? Yeah, everybody kind of says that's it. Um, I I sometimes worry when I'm, I'm doing things like this, build with my board, uh, that I can be a little bit directional. Uh, and, and on this particular one, I, you know, I had the benefit of being able to say to them, I've worked for organisations at both ends of that spectrum, and there's lots of problems. There are problems if you're just the voice of the industry because it's not very inspiring, is it? It doesn't really make people necessarily want to work with you. And equally, there's risk if you just talk about your social purpose because you can become unanchored from the industry you're there to represent. So I think I was probably quite directional in saying, come on, guys, there's some rich territory in the middle here that we want to explore. You know, we, we had a good, rich conversation about it, but there was a very strong consensus among board members that, you know, we're going to be somewhere in the middle. Perhaps some were, you know, let's be a little bit more to the right. Let's be a little bit more to the left. But overwhelmingly, there was a sense of, our purpose needs to speak to both of these things, who we are and what we're trying to deliver. It sounds from, from what you've said that clarity that you wanted to be both was new. Maybe I'm wrong, but there'd probably been an implicit sense that we're the voice of the industry. I think it's not so much the clarity that, that was new as the question that was new. It's very easy as a well-established organisation, in many ways an obvious role, to just carry on doing what they do without asking the question. 
And I felt, and my board felt, that it was important that we did ask the question and that we just checked, you know, do, do we know what we're here for? And therefore, do we know how we're going to set our broader strategy and how we're going to tackle difficult prioritization questions in the future? Because that, for me, is the real value of having a purpose. And it's something that we've been clear about for a long time. We actually started this work almost two years ago. But like so much else, it paused because of the pandemic and we were in emergency firefighting mode. And we came back to it as quickly as we felt able to earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sort of parallel with that, what's your strategy? That's something else that CPT hasn't had in the past. And I think there's been a implicit assumption about the things that a trade association does, which are pretty common, you know, whatever industry you're in. You lobby for a better operating environment. You help your members operate well in the environment that currently exists. You bring people together to share ideas and to network and to exchange thoughts with each other. That's what we've been doing for for many years now. And that's what we'll continue doing because it's what our members want. But the question I've been keen to ask is, particularly as we emerge from the Uh, emergency pandemic mode we've been working in for the last 18 months or so. What else? What's happening in the outside world that maybe we ought to be worried about, maybe we ought to be excited about? And and given our weaknesses and strengths as an organisation, how can we manage those external risks and how can we capitalise on those external opportunities? So in parallel with thinking about our purpose and thinking about our values as an organization we've been looking at that question what what more you know the the core components of being a trade association are going to carry on but we've also been looking at questions like how do we deal with decarbonization uh which has a particular application in the the transport sector um how do we capitalize on digitalization We've all been working remotely over the last year or so. We've had higher levels of engagement with our members than we've ever had before. What what do we make of that for the future? Or or do we want to go back to a a much more face-to-face model? So our strategy, which we're about three quarters of the way through completing now, I'd say, Belden, is very much about let's consolidate the strong trade association core we've got and let's ask ourselves what more we need to do to stay alert, to stay relevant over the next 18 to 24 months. And and when you were talking about how you developed your purpose, it sounded like it was very much a conversation, you and your board. Was the strategy developed the same way? Or even if it was sort of in parallel, were you doing something different? Were other people involved? Did it happen faster, slower? Yeah, it, it's been a more inclusive process, actually, thinking about our strategy and some of the implications for us going forward. So as well as talking to our board, we've spoken to around about 150 of our members in a series of consultation events. Uh, And for an organisation which has roughly a thousand members, I think that's a pretty good hit rate. Um, and we've, you know, as you'd expect, we've looked at it and monitored it and made sure that we're hitting all the segments of our membership. So we've we've heard from members who operate coaches. We've heard from members who operate buses, small, medium and large businesses. 
we've heard from our supplier community and we've heard from members in every part of the United Kingdom. So I think a really rich consultation exercise with our members, which has enabled us to have this sort of rhythm, if you like, in our strategy process of form some initial ideas with our board, test them and develop them with our wider membership, bring them back to our board and say, you know, this, this is what you thought in the first place. This is what the rest of our members think. And then taking them back out to the membership and said, here's the near final product. Is, is this what you meant? It worked really well for us, I think, Belden. And it's worked well in two senses. One, the near final product is being very well received. And our board and our members are all saying to me, yep, that's what we've been talking about. That reflects our feedback. And secondly, the process itself has been a rich and engaging one. I did worry at the start of this process, uh, and we started working on this intensively in March of this year. Are we asking too much of ourselves and our members at a time when everybody in the industry is focused on transitioning from pandemic to, to recovery? And that concern's been in the back of my mind throughout this process. But actually, when I think about the level of engagement we've had and the level of excitement that I've seen, actually, from members and from my own team at various points in this process, it feels like it was the right decision. And it feels like we've been richly rewarded for embarking on a process which was more inclusive, more consultative, and therefore more time consuming than it could have been. Mm-hmm. And throughout all of that, what might you point to that you'd say you think we did really well? Um, I think that we've been particularly clear in telling our board and our wider membership what's coming when, how the whole process fits together, and when they can expect to be asked what. So right from the start of this process, Belden, we kind of set out that this was going to be a five-stage process and it would take three to four months and you'd have that rhythm that I just described, initial ideas, improve them, refine them, take them out again and then finalise them. Having that in place has meant that people have been able to engage in the right way at the right time, at the right sort of level. It's also meant that we've had very little actually of the background noise you sometimes get when everybody knows you're doing a strategy but no one quite knows what's going on uh, and when i've done this in the past in previous jobs you do get a lot of that chatter from outside the inner circle of people saying well what are they doing what's going on why are they talking to me and i have to say we've had very little of that because of the clarity with which we set out the process at the start i think Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And any anything that either turned out to be unexpectedly difficult or where you think, you know, that could have been better, either the outcome could have been better or the way we did it could have been better? Um, I'm tempted to say not at this stage because we're not quite finished. And, um, you know, for, for me, this work isn't finished until we have a got board sign off on the whole package and B, much more importantly, got all of my team and all of our broader membership 
working in, in a slightly different way in, in line with it. So, you know, at, at this stage in the process, I, I can't think of anything that's gone wrong or has really thrown us off course. But I'm just a little bit reluctant to say that because we haven't done anything yet. And until we actually get out and make the world a better place for our members, we haven't achieved anything at all. Hmm. Anything that you'd have in the way of tips or suggestions for other leaders who are sort of wrestling with the same sets of issues around strategy and purpose and how do you get clarity and how do you fit the two together? I, I think I'd point to a couple of things from my experience, Belden. One, I'd say do the purpose first. Um, and, and I think doing the purpose first can really help underpin conversations that you have later on about the remainder of your strategy uh we we haven't done it that way and we haven't done it that way because of the particular circumstances of emerging from the pandemic because you know the, the the first thing that i wanted to do really was make sure that we were clear about our path out of the pandemic as as an association uh and and that meant doing some of the other elements of strategy more quickly than we did purpose. But but notwithstanding that, notwithstanding the fact that it's worked for us, I think I would say start with your purpose because it's the thing that depends on your visual imagery at the very top of the pyramid or the very bottom of the pyramid, but it's, it's the thing that everything else hangs off or is built on. Um, and secondly, I would say you can never talk to too many people too often about this stuff. So back in March, I was worried that we might be taking a month too long. We might have a couple of stages too many. We might be talking to 20 or 30 or 40 more people than we needed to. But I think it's all been valuable. I think it's all been rich stuff. Uh, I think it's all built a much stronger foundation for us to eventually roll our strategy out and, and it, it really means that I can genuinely say as the leader of this trade association that it's our strategy it's not my strategy it's not my board strategy it's not my team strategy it, it's all of our strategy that's a really powerful thing when you're trying to run a thousand member organization with a really diverse membership base hmm, hmm. I mean do you, do you foresee that this way of engaging with your membership on where we're going and what are the issues in front of us might be something you carry on or is it sort of now we've done that now we've got our strategy where you know we'll see you in a few years for a number of reasons Belden I don't think there's there's any going back generally in any membership organization more engagement on things that matter is likely to be a good thing Secondly, I think the experience of working digitally and remotely over the last 18 months has shown us that we can do much more engagement for less uh, inputs. Uh, and, and why wouldn't we want to carry on doing that? Um, and thirdly, and, it, and it's one of the particular challenges we faced in our strategy, we're a national trade association which is focused on policy makers in London in Cardiff and in Edinburgh 
but an increasing amount of bus and coach policy is going to be determined by local decision makers. And therefore, one of the key elements of our strategy, which I haven't actually mentioned yet, is we're going to have to work hand in hand with members locally in order to get the job done. So for, for us to make that a success, we're going to have to carry on with the very high levels of engagement we've had with our members over the last 18 months, more so in fact. Mm-hmm. And what throughout all this process, what's the impact on you personally been? What, what have you learned? Or, or do you feel it's changed you in any way? Um, I think the key takeaway for me, and, it, and it's something I was keen to do anyway, is that I can very, very confidently give more of my team more responsibility to, to get on with the day-to-day stuff. Um, because, you know, I, I would say over the last three months, the, the strategic process that we've been through has occupied maybe 20% of my time, maybe a day a week, often more at peaky times, thinking about the organisation and thinking about our future. The rest of the work doesn't go away. But what I've been able to do is be much more confident in devolving tasks to other members of my team and letting them get on with stuff. They've been succeeding. Uh, you know, they've been showing what they can do. They've been showing that they don't need me involved in every single area of work that we do. Uh, and that's a great lesson for, for me uh, and a great opportunity, I think, for the organisation going forward. It's, you know, it's very much a byproduct of the strategy process, but one that I want to, to grab and make the most of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything we haven't touched on that you think would be helpful? The key question you 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 might ask me, you can't really ask me for a couple of years yet, and that's how did it go, Graham? Or, or rather, how is it going? Because I, you know, I see our strategy very much as a as an ongoing thing rather than a one and done thing. But it'd be really interesting to have this conversation in 18, 24 months. And you know, you you ask me all, all of those hypotheses that sat behind your strategy, Graham. How how are they doing? And and how's how's your response to them doing? Yeah, well, I may, I may take you up on that. If if we're still doing this podcast eighteen months from now, I may invite you back. I'd love to have you back. Well, I, I'd be delighted to be here. It's been good talking to you, Belden. But likewise, Graham. Thank you for joining us, and um, I wish you all the best in making it all happen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Purposeful Strategist. Please email any questions or suggestions to belden at mancus.com. In addition to being available on our website, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed this episode, we release a new episode weekly. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks again, and join us soon for the next episode of The Purposeful Strategist.